Hey everybody, it's Mark Thompson and this is the Chief Executive Podcast. I have the privilege of every week being able to work with and partner with some of the most extraordinary chief executives and C-suite aspiring executives in the world. And this week, I'm delighted to be able to share with you the story of Enrique Lores. Now, here's a fellow who has spent his career largely at HP and as an engineer and as an early, very creative innovator, he's thought about ways globally to really light up the technology business. And what he'll share with you is his personal journey. He's a long shot if you think about it. He's a person who growing up in Spain never imagined he would be leading a major world organization. And he talks about his journey in developing himself, building a team, jumping in where others may fear to tread, which is really the hallmark of many of you as leaders. Listen to my friend, my partner, and a long-time inspiring executive, Enrique Lores. When, when you think about that ultimate reflection of engagement that you've been able to achieve, and it certainly translates into financial results and into sustainability, uh, and in terms of the uh, engagement levels around the world, could you talk about having started out as as an intern? Could we talk about the career story, that humble place that you came from, uh, that I hope really inspires employees to think what the possibilities might be, and the journey that you took, unlikely or otherwise, that has has brought you to uh, to this place? Sure. I mean, I, I had the opportunity of joining the company more than thirty years ago now. And I joined because a group of HP engineers came to my school. And when they were talking about what they were doing, how they saw technology could have an impact in the world, how they were totally passionate about what they were doing, I felt, wow, this is something that I want to feel. This is something that I want to do as well. I joined the company and I can say that 30 years later, I feel the same passion for the opportunities that we have for the impact we're going to have in the world that these engineers had when they when they came to to my office and i have to say that having been the ceo now for a year and a half close to two years i am really convinced that the best years for hp are ahead of us that the opportunities we have with technology to have an impact on how people live how people work how people entertain and really make a better world is something very motivating both personally and also as a business. And that really this is the feeling that the whole team in the company has. One of the reasons I, and many reasons I admire you so much, Enrique, is because I feel through the undercurrent of things that you say there is a mission. There is, uh, you're driven by uh, a purpose that is based on a belief that you really can have impact on people's lives. I've uh, had the privilege of working with uh, people like Charles Schwab down the street when we were starting that fintech company, and he was mission driven, he thought that if we could help people get their financial independence, if they could have access to the tools of Wall Street as individuals, it'd be very democratizing and, and opening up a, a set of possibilities. You, from the very beginning at, at, at HPN, through your leadership, you've been very much wanting to help empower and, and help uh, the, the, the customer find their power. If you were to co- coach a younger version of yourself on the journey that you were 
what, what do you wish you knew when you were starting this trajectory of leadership around the world in the global positions you had? What would be a few of those leadership lessons that you may have wished you knew earlier, or perhaps you were just gifted from the start, but I imagine most of us stumble around a lot. Yes, I think uh, you learn about these things when, as you grow up and as you experience different things around your career. But if I had to summarize, I think there are four things that in my mind are critical. And, and then when I go to a university or when I talk to my sons that are starting their careers now, I always tell them, first of all, you always need to believe that imagination is your only limit and that innovation and through innovation, you can really have an impact in the world. You can make a better place for people to live and that really this needs to inspire you everything and everything you do every day. To get there, you need to be able and be willing to always challenge the status quo because there are always opportunities to do things better. And this is probably one of the best things of technology. It's always improving, it's always evolving. And if you understand what problem you are trying to solve for your customers, if you understand what they really want, even when they don't know in many cases, you can really have an impact. And I learned this from the very beginning. The first product I did in the HP was made obsolete by the second product I built. And by learning this early in your career, you really see the power of technology and you really see how important it is to really constantly focus on innovation and, and challenging the status quo. At the same time, you also realize having run a company and having run these big businesses that strategy or vision needs to be supported by strong execution. And that what you do every day, delivering results, making a contribution every day is critical. It's not only about dreaming, it's about making the dreams real through hard work. And then finally, also very important in and becoming more important every day is the need to know what your values are and to stand behind them every time and not accepting compromises on what you think are the right things to do is really fundamental for you to make progress, for you to build trust, because if you want organizations to follow you, they need to trust you and they trust you when you see, when they see that you really have strong values that you stand behind them, you support them, you drive them, and you make them real in everything you do. And if you do all these things, I really think you can really have a very strong impact as a leader, get teams behind you, and really have a chance to, to change the world. Mm. I, can, I can feel the value set that you have, and, you know, what the heck, really? Uh, you really feel that you counsel others and counsel an earlier version of yourself to feel confident in your imagination. I mean, that feels like it springs right out of the virtual garage that's sitting behind you right now. That is the, for everyone who's watching today, I was so, uh, I, I was so moved and, and delighted when Enrique invited us and a group of CEOs to have a picnic in the backyard of the garage, the garage that's iconic for Silicon Valley, Hewlett Packard, making instruments in that garage. Could you talk, Enrique, about creating that product as an engineer that later you had to make obsolete by the, the next generation of it. Was that how you thought about it at the time? Or 
what did you what were you thinking when you created the one that replaced the old guy? Tell me a little bit about that particular product and process because a lot of people don't have the confidence to continue to apply that imagination once having succeeded at something. Sometimes that makes you risk averse or complacent or you know uh, you you kind of brace for change rather than driving the change that you want to see. Yes, That's me, uh, let, me, let me explain the, the story. So the very first product I worked when I came to HP, it was a pen plotter. So it was a printer that printed, taking a pen and then moving mm -hmm. the pen around it. And as a young engineer, it was a fantastic product to work on because just to give you an idea, when the pen starts moving, the acceleration is 4G. So four times the acceleration of, of the Earth which is similar to what you see in a, in a space rocket. So it was super complex, super interesting. I was developing the servos. So the, the code that, that was controlling how the paper and the pen move. And, and it was a fascinating project. But then HP invented inject, inject technology. And we saw that with inject, we could do what was possible to do with a pen much faster and when I say much faster, I mean between 10 and 20 times faster, we could do it at lower cost. And also we were able to do it quietly because one of the bad things of pen plotters, they were very noisy because they were moving pen and, and paper really fast. So when we saw the opportunity of it, we said, this is our chance. We need to use this. This is gonna change the industry. HP was leading the pen plotter business, but we only had 30, 40% share. When we introduced the first inject plotter, we got a hundred percent share, which is an unbelievable number. And you really saw how with technology, if you understand what are the key problems your customers have, really what are they looking for, you can really have a tremendous impact. And that changed from we were doing something great to we're doing something unique and fantastic that nobody can do really inspired all of us. And I think is what every technology company, every engineer working in a technology company needs to be driven by. We can do unique things, special things that will help our customers. And once we do it, we magic happens and the business does well, the company does well, and we have a great contribution. I'm feeling the sense that you take such great pride as do great technologists in the fact that you can do it better and by orders of magnitude better each time. In other words, you're never done. It's a process of solving a problem and providing a solution set or a service, and it can only get better from here. It's a growth mindset. And I think about taking that metaphor to being a leader in terms of, you know, when I get my degree, I'll have arrived. When I get my title, I will have arrived. I consolidate my power. I have my turf. I don't hear any of that here. This is about for you, collaboration. This is about always working towards this external goal. Is this something that you must have faced as you were working your way up through the organization? Because not everybody is always as collaborative uh, as, as, as perhaps the next person. How, how did you navigate and negotiate the working of the, the developing of teams as you were navigating your way up through the organization? I think the, the key thing is to always focus on the external value we are creating, on why this is important and why this will really create a, a great contribution. And if you are able to create that vision of 
value for customers, which eventually translates in value for the company, you can, you can mobilize the team, you can mobilize the organization, and you can put politics aside and really have the team concentrated on what really is going to be creating value. And this mm. is something that I constantly tell to the teams. Every day, every person in the company needs to ask himself or herself, what have I done today that has created value? And if you build that discipline, you really stop thinking about those things that are not relevant and you really concentrate on those that are really helping to move the needle, moving, helping in creating progress. And the whole company behaves and moves at a very different speed. One of the things that I've been so impressed by leaders like yourself is that the value set that, that flows through your veins is something that is often developed early and then reinforced with experiences and with struggles. And then that helps you get back on track because it's something to hang on to you when things get difficult. Could you talk about your early life, where, where you grew up uh, and, and what made you think about being an engineer and also thinking about that in a, an imaginative way as opposed to just a mathematical way uh, in terms of like getting the best test scores is very different than building great stuff. Um, where, where did that itch come from? Could you talk a little bit about home? I think, yeah, I think what, what I have been always is a very curious person. And I have been always driven by the need and the opportunity of constantly learning new things. And if I think about what I was doing when I was a young kid, I was always driven by what is technology going to do and how the world is changing. But I was also driven by reading a lot of novels about hmm. adventurous people that they change the world either because they were explorers or pirates or people really living in very exotic places. And when you combine curiosity with technology knowledge and with really the willingness to be adventurous and change and drive and explore new opportunities, and then you translate this to your professional career, I think you you look for the opportunities that I have been able to, to experience and I have been able to have. And I also have to say that I have been very lucky in my career of having the opportunity of doing a lot of new and different things. I joined HP when HP was going through a lot of growth, when a lot of new businesses were creating, were being created. And I did a big effort to really explore new businesses, new functions, to constantly learn, to, to become a, a more complete person, but always with this idea of, of growing, exploring, and, and experiencing and creating new things. Creating new things. And, and if you think back to the, to, to the beginning there, did you find yourself experimenting as a kid uh, in ways where you were, I mean, some, some young people were makers. Uh, you were a big reader and an adventurer. Could you give me a picture of, of where you were at that time as, as a child? I'm asking for a specific reason because we find that there's, uh, you know, sometimes a glimmer of the future uh, of a person's life creatively in terms of the things they were doing as a preteen or as a teenager. I, I would say I was more a combination of a dreamer and a maker. I had always these big ideas of things that could be done and 
places I could go or new experiences I could have. But I also like to build things and think how how they work and how they 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 behave. And for example, I probably was very influenced by some of the of my family. For example, my grandfather, he was a lawyer, but he was also a big dreamer and he was also an inventor. And he tried to invent a lot of things, but unfortunately, because of his education, he was a lawyer. So he didn't have any sort of engineering experience, engineering knowledge. So all his inventions failed. But just by seeing him trying and learning the stories of all the things he had tried to do, because he tried to invent things like a windsurf before the windsurf was invented, which of course didn't work. He also tried to create a, a boat that the first time they tried it, it sank because it was too heavy. He invented an advertising system that they installed in one of the most important streets in, in Madrid. And almost every day, one of the letters they were using was falling. And that was the concepts were great, but he didn't have the technical depth or the engineering knowledge to make it happen. So this probably inspired me both in this dreaming side, but at the same time, I realized that you needed to have some strong technical foundation to be able to make these things work. I, I'm loving to hear how that inspires. Uh, those stories often frighten people who are not committed to that kind of future away, and it ends up being a differentiator. You are so impressed and saying, yes, I, I really feel this. I, I see how I can have impact. And let me get the tools and skills. That takes a level of humility, too, I think. Um, the, when Jim Collins at Stanford, when he was working on, on Built to Last, the first time, mm -hmm. talked about this idea of level five leadership being this kind of odd combination of, of hubris and humility, that the audacity to think that you could do something great, and at the same time, the humility to know that nobody does it alone, and nobody does it without being humble to the process of learning to become an engineer, or develop the skills, or or learn from someone else who, who has a different, a very diverse and different set of values. This is one of the things that feels to me, knowing you after all these years, the, that has helped with your building a, a diverse uh, board and, and a diverse uh, and a more diverse team, because it's about those new ideas, those new inputs, that the objective is really to provide a better service to the world. And the more voices we have in that choir, uh, the more complicated, more difficult sometimes, but so much better uh, we can produce things as a choir. Could you talk about the, the, the most diverse board in the industry and how that happened and how you think about the many voices at the table? Yes, I, I think is to do anything new, to do anything different, you need to make sure that in the team you have very different perspectives and that everybody feels the need and the opportunity of sharing those perspectives, fighting for those perspectives and bringing this to the table. And this is one of the reasons why diversity is so important because if you have and you build a diverse team, you is one of the ways to make sure that these new ideas, these different ideas, these different perspectives is always there. And this is important, whether it's in the executive team, in every team of the company, but also in the board. And we have one of the most diverse boards in the industry. 
and certainly in the technology space. And this is one of our most important assets because every member of the board comes to the conversations with a different perspective, with a different idea, shares that perspective. And by listening and building around those ideas, we can really create a better plan. We can create a better company. We can create a company that responds better to, to the changing needs that we see in the world. And this is something that we need to continue to drive because I really think that it is not only the right thing to do, it's also absolutely necessary for every business to be successful. Yes, it feels that those voices of influence, the, 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 the collaboration that ensues, the vigorous uh, collaboration is something that big companies seem to lose the quickest because of uh, protecting the past or protecting what we're most comfortable with or um, wanting to just reinforce past successes. And yet Silicon Valley, going back to the garage behind you and the values that you hold is always about iterating and, and creating the next better way of doing things. And again, this is one of the great things of technology. It's always changing. It's always doing opportun bringing opportunities to do things better. And even if at some point you may lose one wave, there is another wave coming. And by riding that next wave, you can get to a better place. And But you only do that if you are looking for the waves and that if you learn how to ride them. And that's what I think for every company in the technology space but probably actually for any company, we need to make sure that that is possible. How do we train our teams to identify waves, to ride them, and to use the waves to, to bring our customers to a better place? Mm. I've had the privilege of, in the earlier version of my life, everybody, uh, Enrique knows this, but everybody else may not. I spent time building a number of different companies, getting involved with Schwab and Apple and Virgin as they've gone through math, massive transformations and, and run companies there. And I, I found that one of the big missing pieces that I didn't realize that, that I'm sure Enrique, you pay forward with your team right now is how to get the board and the leadership team to understand each other in a deep enough way to, to really get to know the bench so that they can decide that someone like an Enrique should step into place. In my role now as a CEO coach, I spent a lot of time helping Think about what are the steps in place that you could do as you enter the C-suite to take that new level of leadership and then also be in a place where you might be able to inherit the leadership of the organization. What, what would be your advice for a person on that journey um, in terms of their relationship with the board, in the, in the relationship with thinking about their role when, when they enter the C-suite and how that's different from all those other important roles they've had along the way? Yeah, I think we on this side, we have a, a very special approach because we really see the board as a key part of the company. And many executive teams try to separate what the board does versus what the executive team does. Right. In my mind, we need to do the opposite because the board has, and the board members, they have always interesting perspectives, ideas, opinions. So the closer we bring to us, the more value we get from the experiences that all of them have. And we do that by both being very transparent with every conversation and bringing them really to, to the kitchen so they know and they participate in the discussions that they are being developed, but also by making sure that each member of the executive team is very related and very connected to at least 
one director. And we have a program that we call the body program where we assign to every director, one member of the executive team. So they regularly can talk, discuss, share ideas. And it's a great way for both of them to learn, for executives to learn about the role of the board and to understand how the board thinks, but also for the board to know what is really happening in the company. And by doing that very openly and really in a very engaging way, we, we see that there is a lot of value. And we rotate the members or the kind of the pairs every two years to make sure that this gives the executives a better knowledge of different members of the board and also to the directors so they can engage and they can know what is happening in multiple groups. We think it's a great practice. It has been working for us and I think it's a, a key element on really establishing a much more a much stronger connection between the board and, and the executive team. It's really quite, quite uh, a confident and I think very, very well uh, rehearsed uh, process that many people have to develop this sense of connection and really harvest the, the relationships with the board. So this is impressive uh, with what you've been able to accomplish there. When, when you think about the the future development of, of new products, the, the adjacent products as you innovate as a company. How are you thinking about the many markets? Technology, can, as you say, keeps pushing forward. There's new demand. There's new ways you can serve. Um, there's also many adjacencies. How, how do you think about, as a, as a leader, the many opportunities so that we don't just run after bright, shiny objects on the one hand. On the other hand, we don't miss actually able uh, leading uh, a whole new trajectory strategically for the business. I think we we need to prioritize areas where there is convergence between strong trends in the market mm. and then con that connect with strong capabilities in the company. So if I think about HP now, I think there are three big areas where we see opportunities that we will be driving. First of all, as we we all have learned through COVID that how we work is going to change and that we are going to be working going forward in a hybrid way where people will work sometime, sometime in the office, sometime at home. As a provider of PCs, printers, services, this is a great opportunity for us to become the enabler, the key enabler of this hybrid way of working because we provide equipment to the office, we provide equipment for home and connecting them in a secure way in a seamless way is really a, a fantastic opportunity for us. And this connects a big trend with big assets. Second opportunity is in evolving our business models. We see our customers willing to buy subscriptions. And this is really what how many of many other industries in technology are, are evolving. And we are really driving that heavily, creating subscription businesses where Customers will not have to buy printers or PCs. They will just pay for the right to use that service. Another great opportunity for us going forward. And then finally, if we think about the convergence between digital technologies, what we call microfluidics or the ability to manage fluids at micro scale and biology, is gonna open tremendous opportunities in 3D printing, in healthcare, where technology is gonna fundamentally transform how many physical processes 
have worked until now, where we will be able to build products that have been designed and built for one individual. And this is another fantastic opportunity for us, again, where we combine trends that are happening externally with strong capabilities and assets that we have in the company. When you think about the preparation that a person needs to go through to think that expansively and that imaginatively about the use cases of your technology, I think about your macro flu fluidity, the idea that you could be 3D printing something that could be a part of pharma and so forth. That's, that's amazing. And I think breakthrough and also democratizes the access to the tools and the products because that could be wherever it is able to be output. How do you train people for this? How, how do you help people on the teams get the sense that they have permission to do this? One of the big challenges for larger organizations is to carve out the time for those sorts of crazy making ideas that need to be coming, um, that might be reality, uh, those brainstorming sessions, the, the capacity to be able to be a little bit disruptive in a sense to the way we think conventionally about something so that we can iterate towards a greater future. Usually. We often, in many organizations, talk about that. We just don't make it safe, in a sense, to fail. Uh, how, how do you do there? How do you do that as a leader? Yeah, I think to, to do that, you need to build at least two important capabilities. One is the, the capability of understanding where customers are going. What is important for them? What are going to be their key needs? Internally, many times we say, we need to know what customers need before they know. Because if you really understand that, you really can, you're gonna be able to design and to, and to build much more attractive visions. At the same time, in parallel to that, we need to have people that understand where technology is going. Where are the limits that technology, how is technology gonna be pushing the limits of what is possible? And then you need to be able to combine both and build teams where you have people that understand deeply customers and understand technology. And when we put them together, it's when really we can imagine and think and dream about new opportunities, totally disrupted ideas. And what a company needs to do is to do that, to, be, to create the process to do that multiple times. Creating those teams, evaluating those ideas, because you also need to accept that many of these ideas, some of these ideas will work, many they of them won't. will not. So right. building the process to do it repetitively, repetitively is also a fundamental part of what innovation needs to, how company needs to develop the, the capability to build innovation. And, and this is something we have been working very hard during the last years to make sure that we build that. So, we have these opportunities on 3D printing or on microfluidics or on driving new business models because we have this combination of deep customer knowledge and great understanding of, of what, where technology is going to be going. How would I apply that wonderful set of principles to my life and my career uh, to continue to reinvent what it is that I feel like I bring as value and uh, to be able to think about new ways of, of serving do you have a point of view about that, that sense of renewal or growth uh, in terms of your leadership journey? I think it goes back to, to one of the points we had before. I think you need to be aware that really what limits you every day is not what is possible, it's really what you can imagine, what you can dream. And if 
you start your thinking approach there. I want my dreams to drive what I do, not be driven by what I think is possible. If this is a big enabler of change and a big enabler of, of going anywhere. And you can apply this to business. You can apply this also to personal development. Just, just think about it. I am a student from Spain that now is running one of the most iconic American companies. Is If you think what are the chances of this happening are very low, but I think it's possible. And I really think that can start from you need to dream that things can be radically better and then everyday work to, to make it happen. Well, you are a role model for this, Enrique. Thank you for the inspiration. And uh, I look so forward to the moment when we can be uh, celebrating the progress of the company, the great adventure of, the, of these, these new years that you've been uh, leading for HP and uh, joining you together at the garage. Again, I can't wait to, to make that happen. Thank you so much and congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Enrique. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Chief Executive Podcast. I'm Mark Thompson. And please don't forget to like and subscribe for more episodes every week.